Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And the monsoons are here. They were kind of teasing us the last couple weeks, but it officially hit Prescott at least pretty hard. I know Flagstaff was getting some more moisture. These mountains have had been slammed. Tucson's been getting it like crazy. But Prescott, we finally got uh, this central highlands area really got a good dose this week and it looks like it's going to continue the the thing with monsoons if you're new to this area i'm like uh, i was at a chamber of commerce mixer tri-city prescott valley chino valley and prescott we're all getting together at the rodeo grounds last week of course the rodeo is going on this weekend hoorah so we were there hobnobbing business community leaders and uh, it poured down rain we're in the grandstands and it's now pouring down rain, but only half the arena got rain. I mean, come on, you got to be kidding me. So you can see just pouring. And then the other half was dry. When they say there's a 40% chance of rain, what they're really saying is 40% of us will see some rain. The other 40 will be bone dry. That's where it's different. At the mountains, those clouds form, those big thunderheads, and they hit the mountains and it breaks them up and they float around and... And it's not consistent. It's not over the entire area. It's over spotches, kind of kind of certain areas. And so just, I, that's why I'm telling folks, don't turn off the irrigation yet. I know the humidity's up. I've had close to an inch of rain at my, my own personal gardens this week. To, to put this in perspective, an inch of rain will penetrate approximately, depends on your whether you get clay or sand, but really the math says it penetrates about six inches. The negative with monsoon rains is they come down so fast, so quick, they, they run off before they can, can really penetrate the soil and they don't really, they don't hydrate as much as you think that it does. It, it fills up the dry gulches, the dry rock creeks and stuff, and then it floats down and it's good for us we get the moisture, it recharges you know, water tables, it fills up lakes, but it doesn't hydrate your landscape very much. Really, you need two, three, four really good afternoon rains, monsoon moisture, before you start to throttle back that irrigation because it just doesn't go down in the ground as far as you think it does. It looks moist because it, it did go down you know, three, four, five inches, but the root of a tree... It can be down two feet, so typically not more than, a, than 24 inches. So most trees go down about 18, 24 inches, and they spread out. They just start running underneath the ground looking for moisture and nutrients. And Arizona plants, they're used to this monsoon pattern. They're keeping those roots up close to the ground so that when it does rain, they can pull up as much as they can. So that tap root, that big deep root that goes straight down, That's kind of a myth. That does not happen here in the mountains of Arizona, truly. They they go down just a few inches, and then they spread out for hundreds of feet sometimes. That's from cacti, like saguaros, to your big cottonwoods, junipers, 
uh, the, these plants just know when it rains, you've got to grab as much of it as you can. And so they'll pull up that moisture and really hydrate well. And so they, they did. You could see the landscapes kind of plump up. They looked better. Uh, they looked healthier. They'll start to really grow. I, I kind of lucked out. I had fertilized everything in my landscape last week because I just knew. I had a sense it's going to rain. It's going to be a good rain. I want to take advantage of this. So I'd gone through the entire landscape and I'd spread two things around all of my plants from the thyme lawn to the roses, to the magnolias, to the Russian sage, to junipers, everything. The natives, the ornamentals, so everything in my, on my half acre got fertilized with two things. One, I spread all-purpose plant food. It's a 744 organic. The main ingredient in that food is cottonseed meal. If you want to bring out more flowers, brighter colors and fragrance of your herbs, your roses, anything that blooms or grows, cottonseed meal is the magic ingredient that you really give them. They just take to it. Then it's got some bird guano in it, some iron, things are looking a little yellow, iron kind of greens them, and some sulfur. Those four things really are perfect for summer feeding. In addition, the drought, it's, this, it's stressed out the landscapes. So the, my landscapes, yeah, they've been on life support called drip systems for like two years now. Well, now we're getting some rain. I want to get them where they start to reroot and get, get hardiness back underneath them. So in addition to the food, I, at the same time, I put humic down, H-U-M-I-C, humic. It's humic acid. So it goes through a hand spreader. I just fill up my hand spreader and I just walk around, kind of spread it around. I've got a handheld battery-operated spreader. It's the greatest thing ever. Uh, just spread everything around there and then pray for rain. What humic does, it doesn't feed the plant. It changes the pH a little bit because it is acid, which is good. We want to always make our mountain landscapes more acidic. Your, your water is very alkaline. Your soil is super alkaline. And so you, we, we never want to raise the pH like they do everywhere else in the country. So other places, they're adding lime to their fertilizing pattern right now. Never do that here in the mountains of Arizona. You will kill your plants, stress them out. They'll stop blooming, turn yellow. You're raising that pH even beyond what the plants can keep healthy with. We're always trying to make things more acidic. And so all, you'll never get it down to perfect. You know, the book says 6.5 is the perfect neutral pH. Yeah, good luck keeping it there. But if you add some, some fertilizers, like the all-purpose plant food, it's got soil sulfur, which makes things acidic. Cottonseed meal is acidic. So it's an acidic plant food. That's why it works so well. And then you're adding humic acid. That's going to lower that pH. And so you'll see your plants green up. I mean, we're talking like... Like right after the rain, the plants are going, oh, this is perfect. It, it wasn't just the rain. It wasn't just the food. It was the combo, putting the right foods and taking advantage of the, of the afternoon monsoon rains. It is, that's the magic. So I'm expecting my maples to put on more foliage. I'm expecting magnolias to put on more of those big white flowers. I'm expecting more of my salvias to have more of those red flowers. I'm expecting more. This is a whole nother growing season for us. And so I've added quite a few. I've added, uh, what did I add? Two butterfly bush, uh, a rabbit bush. I just added some plants out there taking advantage of this planting season. It's just perfect. Plants will root fast because the soil is warm. 
uh, fertilized, and then you get this afternoon light nitrogen charged afternoon rain that just makes things grow really well. If you're new to the area and you're not familiar with this 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 change, this environment, this how nature works in the mountains of Arizona, there's really three planting seasons. You've got the spring, which is the most popular. Everyone's been pent up inside too long. Their landscapes are boring. They're, they're all deciduous. They, things haven't bloomed. The lilacs haven't bloomed yet. The forsythia aren't out. And so people just get, they just want to plant. That's also when all the tomatoes and lettuce and spinach and all the flowers go in. But that's, that's the most popular. I think the most successful, especially for bigger plants, is when the monsoons hit. July, August, September. And then if you're from the Midwest, really, fall is for planting. That's really, fall is an excellent time to put in big evergreens, big trees, big shade trees, fruit trees. You put those in in the fall. There's a whole other, so there's really three seasons, spring, monsoon planting season. That's when you really have the best selection of perennial flowers. They're right now. This is when they're all in bloom. So you get great choice. You're not shopping things by little tiny tag. You can see them in full bloom. Then the fall season. Got more in store for you? Lisa Waters Lane coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Some things are just better together. July is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, thanks Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together and only at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, crepe myrtle, and purple verbena. Purple verbena is mountain famous for gorgeous summer-long flowers held over compact green foliage. This purple bloomer loves bright gardens, summer heat, and grows best in poor soils with less water. Go ahead and abuse this bloomer. You can't kill it. The perfect native perennial for easy summer long flowers. You'll only find the toughest verbena here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the mountain gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the family garden center. Now welcome back to the mountain gardener. All right, you are tuned into The Mountain Gardener with Ken and Lisa Waters Lane. Uh, Lisa was actually born and raised here at the garden center. Her mother gave birth <laughs> yeah. while unloading manure trucks and perennial flowers here yeah. at Waters Garden Center. Well, that's the way your mother tells it. <laughs> anyway, no, that's not how my mother tells it. So this, uh, this segment's all about the questions, what's coming in, and Lisa brings what your neighbors are talking about. And so we can can gain some insight uh, from what other folks are seeing in their garden and we can share that. And that's what this segment is all about. So mm -hmm. welcome into the studio, Lisa. Yay. <laughs> and the crowd goes and wild. how much coffee have you had I'm this on my morning? fourth cup. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> uh, give me a soapbox to get on to. Oh, no, 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 no. Anyway. 
So welcome back to the studio. Thank you. Always good to be here. Have you enjoyed the rain this week? I have, except for Wednesday, that great big storm that hit. Yeah. Lightning struck. I was looking out the window, the studio window. Oops, just dropped a whole bunch of stuff. Wow. I'll pick that project it's up later. <laughs> uh, that's a problem with having your studio in your office. <laughs> I was looking out the windows out here, and, uh -huh. and um, the, you could see the lightning strike a transformer and go kaboof. Oh. And the neighborhood, this four bean park out to Iron Springs Road, just went dark. Mm. And retailers and dark don't go mix. together. <laughs> So luckily the garden center is mainly open. Uh -huh. It was raining. People jumped from from greenhouse to greenhouse. <laughs> There's no power. People go, There's no power at the house. Why don't we go shop at Waters Garden Centers? This wave of people start coming in. And we've got no computers. We're trying to figure out how to make things happen. But luckily it was only I don't know, an hour and a half. The linemen, yeah. APS linemen, they are amazing. Just amazing. Right I don't know how they do that. I cannot get up on a a ladder, well, much no. less get up on a bucket truck and go deal with you know twenty thousand volts, whatever they deal with. <laughs> yeah, in the rain. We don't want you doing yeah. that. They are anyway. highly trained individuals. Deep respect. Yes. All all linemen or line women, whoever they are, mm -hmm. deep respect. Yeah, I was off Wednesday, so I was at home enjoying the rain. And yeah, we didn't have any power outages there, oh, but good. it was just nice, just a nice slow rain. I kind of sat at the window. It and wasn't slow it. here. It was fast. Uh, it was exciting. And I'm not afraid of lightning. So it struck, power went out. I, went, oh, I should mosey over in the rain and go see how the computers are doing my office across <laughs> the street from the garden center. And so I walked over and then another lightning strike hit like almost the greenhouse. And I went, I should hurry my pace. Let's, <laughs> let's move it. Let's move it. Get out of this. <laughs> Yeah, you want to deal with lightning. Killed his own business by oh, lightning. That'd be bad. <laughs> anyway, enough yeah. about our well, rains. Speaking stories. of rains, rains also bring a lot of the weeds that and the seed that have been sitting there. So David isn't dewy. Um, he says he loves the rain, but now yeah. he has an abundance of weeds. Yeah, but wants to know what to spray with um, in amongst landscape is where the weeds are and how to prevent them in the future. Sure. So, so that Dewey, any place that has a lot of wind, so Prescott Valley, Paulden, Chino Valley, all these valley areas, actually I'm we're saying, in the mountains. <laughs> we all have wind. What am I talking like, about? But it seems to gather. So they grow up on those fence lines and then tumbleweeds will gain, will, will use each other to slope over and keep rolling over barbed wire fences. So you got to really be on this because weeds just spread like crazy. And so weeds can get into even fabric. You put fa weed fabric down in rock, there's still dust and sediment mm -hmm. that can settle there that weeds can still. It reduces the weeds, but it doesn't eliminate them altogether. Right. So here's what to do. Uh, there's really three weed things. So there's soil sterilizers. It kills everything. Nothing's going to grow here for a year. Rather dangerous, and it's very water soluble, so it tends to be lifted and moved across the landscape or down a dry wash. So you can easily kill your neighbor's tree down there, your own landscape. So it's really you only use that in like pavers, down driveways, very strategically. It's very mm -hmm. dangerous stuff. Then you get into the weed killers. That's probably what he's dealing with now because weeds are coming up. So there you use Roundup is the number one seller. We don't sell that here at Waters Garden Center because, well, quite frankly, I don't want you to get cancer or me or our customers. And Roundup, definitely, we are seeing some definite 
uh, dangers with that. And mm -hmm. so we just stopped selling that several years ago when we saw those studies. Now we have a, a product called Decimate. It sounds uh, horrible. It, sounds <laughs> it kills everything that lives. It sounds worse Puppy than dogs, weeds. No, it only kills. It goes after it's a non-selective weed killer. Mm -hmm. The beauty with Decimate is it works when the night times are cooler. You know, that rain hit and it got cold. I mean, it was chilled. You had to put a layer on. And so weeds shut down when you do that. They don't grow as fast when, mm -hmm. when that happens. And so decimate actually works when the nighttime temperature drops. So it works further in the seasons, works better, works longer. It works from the top down. Mm -hmm. So it kills the top first. You see immediate, I mean, just right away results. And then it kills the whole root. It doesn't really work very well on woody material. Mm -hmm. We're talking elms, oaks. Uh, suckers coming up, the big woody things, sumacs, whorehound. Maybe I, I probably would work on whorehound pretty well. Okay. Uh, so the, the tree kind of things. Mm -hmm. There you're going to use a tree and shrub killer. There's actually brush. brush killer. There's actually things that work on woody stuff. Uh, like you've got a bunch of oak trees and the oaks keep coming up or suckers from your Lombardi poppers keep coming up or just trees mm -hmm. start coming up. Elms are the worst, most invasive thing, the Chinese elms. Mm -hmm. That works on the woody stuff. Decimate works on everything else. Boy, I can go too deep on this. There's too much. <laughs> then you get into selective weed killers, just broadleafs, yeah. uh, mainly using lawns. We have those. That's We've got an organic broadleaf weed killer. Mm -hmm. So if you've got dogs and stuff, that is the way to go. It right. kills the dandelions not the grass. Right. So there's there's a little bit different caveat. Mm -hmm. Really, it comes down to just prevent the weeds, especially if you're in windy areas. Yeah. So seed just come flying in from your neighbors. Uh, they roll in. They're just there. They're waiting for rain. So it's, you ain't seen nothing yet out in Dewey or mm -hmm. Paulden or wherever the rain hit. It's going to get bad fast. Yeah. There you put weed and grass stopper down. There's actually a, it's like a fertilizer. But it doesn't feed. It doesn't feed the the plants. It it doesn't allow the seed to actually put a taproot down. So it keeps the seed from. They'll germinate, but they won't be allowed to establish themselves. And so it, it just prevents. And it works for like six, eight months. You mm -hmm. put it down, let the rain come, and it eliminates seed from actually coming up. It does not affect actual plants already there. So if you've got whorehound already growing up in your yard, it's not gonna affect that. It's right. just gonna keep the seed from coming at you, which means you can use it around your roses. Doesn't affect roses. Only the the weeds, the the, the goat head, that one with the burr that comes up and you yeah. let your dogs limp as they're going across the- Can you use it in a lawn? You can use it in a lawn and okay. it will keep because it doesn't affect grass. It only affects the seed. So you won't okay. get your dandelions coming up. Right. Now, I wouldn't use it right before I'm going to overseed well, or yeah. something. But yeah. we're not in overseed season right now, really. So, yes, you can use it on lawn, especially around the edges mm -hmm. where you've got more weeds kind of encroaching sometimes. Mm -hmm. Come see us for more. and We'll give you the insider scoop on all things weeds. Decimate is the way to go right now. Okay. And how much time do we have left? Because I don't have my glasses minutes. on. Okay. Oh, try a minute. <laughs> All right. Well, Jenny is in Prescott. She wants to know, can she grow birch here? And if so, are there things that she should look out for, ins and outs of putting in birch? Birch. Birch trees. So it's got to be a Midwest, East, East Coast kind of person. Birch actually grows amazingly well here in the mountains of Arizona, all elevations. 
I think it's even more robust than aspens. Mm -hmm. So they, they've proven themselves to be more hardy, deeper rooted, more drought hardy than, than an aspen. But it still has that same white bark or, or a, they've got a paper bark birch. I like it peels pretty. off. I like yeah, that one. It's stunning. Yeah. It has a real wispy kind of leaf pattern to it. So it's great for patios, uh, just screening west side walls that get too hot. Mm -hmm. It's a great one. The main thing with birch, it's like most trees. Make sure that hold when you plant it drains. Right. As long as that water perks, the, the water goes through the soil layers, you're golden. That that tree's going to root deep and go after that water. And then water it right now, brand new plant, maybe a couple times a week, mm -hmm. no more. A deep soak a couple times a week, a new plant. And the next year, once a week, it's more than enough for birch. Once it gets established, you can almost go farther than that they're amazingly hardy but great time to plant a birch okay and to encourage one to grow and i don't know they'll, they'll put on an extra 18 inches just this year by planting now mm -hmm. we now we're out of time oh there we go okay. Lisa lane <laughs> and the mountain gardeners we'll be right back after these important messages you're listening to ken lane aka the mountain gardener Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, purple verbena, crepe myrtle, and pentas. Pentas are a butterfly magnet with super sweet nectar produced in starry flowers on 12-inch stems. She loves heat and wind with minimal care to keep the flowers coming. The large clusters of vibrant star-shaped flowers are stunning in pots and raised beds. A superb flower that outperforms others as long as it's hot. You'll only find heat-hardy pentas at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive. But so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Water's weed and grass stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and grass stopper. It's just $24 and only found at Water's Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So the apricot harvest is thick right now. It's great. Apples are really coming on strong. Uh, this is a good fruit year. And so the mountains of Arizona, we, we don't grow all the fruits. We can't grow citrus like the deserts, like Phoenix or Tucson. Uh, we grow pomegranates, though, pretty well. They don't, they don't get as big. Uh, but out in full sun where, the, where you've got drainage, they do produce quite nicely. It's got its beautiful red flower. Figs. Figs grow well in the mountains of Arizona. As long as you put in the hardier varieties, so Chicago hardy, brown turkeys, these certain varieties... But you'll never see a fig tree in the mountains. They act like a perennial. They actually reset underground to come back fresh every year from the roots. And they'll get up about head high or so and load up with these beautiful melt-in-your-mouth figs. Grapes, the grape harvest. It's not quite here, but you can definitely see the fruit. It's very exciting. So tis the season. So now is the time you're seeing. Make sure as things fruit, 
don't cut back on the watering on your fruiting and flowering things. Keep them on that drip irrigation. I know it's tempting to cut back and cut off because you got to rain this week. But if a plant that's fruiting uh, gets stressed at all, it will shed its fruit. It actually will take the moisture from that fruit to keep the core or the heart of that plant alive. And so they're rather sensitive when things are flowering. That flower, if it gets dry, it'll cut off that flower, all nutrients, and just keep the core alive. And so it'll fade really quick. So you need to really watch, be more accurate, be more, there's less fudge factor when things are in full fruit or full flower. So those are things to watch. Just kind of, just know that about plants and it'll really up your game and get things to have larger clusters of grapes, lar more berries. I've been picking great, uh, blackberries this week. They melt in your mouth. I'm telling you, leave that fruit on that, that tree or that vine or that bramble that extra few days. When, when the producers are doing it, they're doing brands or varieties that ship without bruising, that ship farther, longer. And then they're, they're picking them earlier than they should so that they can get them to market and not be bruised or damaged. Yeah, I know they get fancy packaging, but really, they don't want them ripening in the package or in the crate while they're the five days while they're shipping across country to your supermarket, no matter how organic they are. Uh, they're just, they're not as good. Those last, I would say, five, seven days on the vine or on the tree are game changers. That's where the flavor just really comes out. That's why fresh is always better than store-bought. I don't care what it is. Yeah, tomatoes, of course, but really apples and strawberries and pears and apricots. I was, I was eating handfuls of apricots this week. It's so good. Oh my gosh, it's a good, good year. This is a good time to plant those too. You, if you're going to have fruit for next year, you really do need to plant them. If you're into fruit or, or just, just having that edible, a nice shade tree that does produce for you something edible as well, this is the season. This window right here where the, where the monsoons are, this is when you plant a new tree, a new apple, a pear, a nectarine, apricot, whatever it is. You plant it now, it'll root out substantially actually now through the end of the year. It'll kind of hibernate. And then next spring, starting typically April, May, it'll start to leaf and it will fruit. If you wait until next spring to plant, what will happen is there won't be enough roots underneath that, that tree. And so the fruits, if it does fruit, will be smaller and less of them. And really, that first growing season, you should not allow a fruiting plant to fruit because it's either fruiting or it's rooting. It's putting that carbohydrates, it's photosynthesis, all the energy is putting that either into those fruits on that plant or down into the roots. That first year, you really do want roots underneath that plant. That's what creates a better harvest for you the following season. Uh, more drought hardiness, uh, less, more, more error factor. It just gets it established. By planting now, you establish that plant, get the roots underneath that plant so you can let it fruit next year. I mean, truly, it's, it, it'll really make a difference. Now, for my own fruit trees, what I do, I kind of take a compromise. I, uh, that first year, I pick off most of the fruits, but I always leave on two or three of them. God, you just want to try that new Honeycrisp apple, that, that Bartlett pear, the 
red Alberta peach. I'm like, you can't find those in the grocery store, but you can grow them in your backyard and they grow really, produce really, really well. Plums, plums just taste better fresh from the garden right off the tree. Uh, so as a kid, my mother just loved green plums. She'd, she'd allow us and she taught us to enjoy them too. Uh, she'd let, let us take the salt shaker out, pick green plums. And this is a freakish southern thing, but green plums, lightly salted. Oh, they're so good. Oh, my gosh. And then they ripen from there. But you can grow elephant hearts, Santa roses, burgundies, beauty plums. They all grow really, really well at, in the mountains of Arizona. The secret is to have later bloomers. So we're carrying varieties that are of age. They're old enough to fruit. And then they're blooming later in spring, so we get them out of that frost, chance of frost killing that, that, that blossom or that fruit. Those two things, do a little bit of homework. You can have a great harvest in your own backyard. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, verbena, and crepe myrtle. Crepe myrtle flowers are intense watermelon pink, solar reds, and LED whites that cover this heat-loving shrub. Plant where you enjoy its beautiful multicolored bark and sinuous branches up close. The flowers show against forest green foliage that turns red and orange in autumn. Growing to just head height, every yard has room for at least one, and only available for summer planting here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-Home Garden Consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. Back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio, my favorite gal. Just uh, like hanging out in small spaces with you. I like hanging out in dark spaces with you. (laughs) I like hanging out with you. Well, thank you, dear. We got an anniversary coming up this year, this month, 34 years, July yes, 25th. 34. At 11.32 in the morning, I said, I do. Yes, you did. And I'd do it again. Good. I would too. Yeah, oh, good. I'd I think twice about the kids. <laughs> might have five, or only two. I don't know. Four is a lot. <laughs> twins. But that was all good. That's kids all are good. all blessings. Kids they are truly, are truly blessings. They are. And the grandkids are even more blessings. Grandkids are even more of a blessing. I keep telling the other kids, come on. <laughs> I'm not getting any younger. Yeah, I don't want to be the yeah. old grandma. <laughs> there is something nice about being young grandparent. There is. Energy. You can do a lot. You can yeah. do a lot with you can them. Keep so. up with them still. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna pick up our oldest grandson. We have this thing that we do. So when grandkids turn 10, we grandparents go pick them up, fly them someplace that is tickles their interest. Not Disneyland. It's not entertainment. It's hanging out with grandparents, and we will teach you things that maybe you you need to know. Whether you want to or not. <laughs> so we're going to make sure you Our oldest is a brainiac. 
Uh, so he's very cerebral. He's into drones and coding and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So they're living there. In, they're at Fort Hood. And so East Texas. So you folks in Army, you know where that is. Um, our son is an is a Army captain. He's a PA taking care of a clinic down there. But anyway, we're going to fly in, pick him up, take him to Washington, D.C. As mm -hmm. soon as they open up, I think, I think they opened back up the museums August 1. Yes, something like that. July 30th, something yeah. pretty much August 1st. August. So all the museums will be open again. And I kind of like they're doing timed entry. So you have to have yeah. tickets, which actually I think is kind of cool because sometimes it's so hard to see things in there. because The it gets mummy so display is oh, just <laughs> overrun with tourists. <laughs> Those darn tourists in there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. I think Chris is a little. What? I didn't well, sense I that. Know. No, I think he wants to go. It's just the whole food thing. He's very picky. Oh, yeah, there. yeah. We're going to take him to fine dining, someplace without chicken nuggets. <laughs> the chef will be insulted if you ask for ketchup or chicken nuggets. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take him to the Air and Space Museum and the Natural Science Museum. Those are two I think will tickle his interest and maybe get him to think further down that path. Mm -hmm. And there's actually, I didn't know this, there's actually two Air and Space Museums no there. What? There's one... That's uh, the big one everybody right. knows about. And then there's another one, and I couldn't tell you where. I'm sure people will tell us where. Um, that's actually like an air a hangar, airport hangar. And they have a whole other, they have a oh. lot of the space shuttle yeah. things oh, there neat. and stuff. So. It's kind of like Tucson's got a great one. The Pima oh, Air, yeah. Air, Air and Space. Anyway, that's mm -hmm. great. Oh, so, yeah. super. We'll do so a long weekend. We'll just take pick them up, take them off, wine and dine, and show them stuff, take them back. And then hopefully it'll be a memory that he gets I'm to. I'm sure will. When I'm long gone and you're still around, <laughs> you he'll can. still talk about it. Yes. It'll be fun. <laughs> anyway, how do we get off on that? Anyway. Um, you. Our, yeah. <laughs> we should talk about gardening, I think. We should. What, what's, what's, what do you got in mind? It's all about you. So I'll just, oh, okay. I'll just follow. Well, I'm a we got some, some cool new stuff in. And I always like to do new introductions because sometimes you get, ah, oh, it's like, oh, it's the same old plan. Here's a Fotinia. You yeah, know, how right. many times can you see a Fotinia? Um, so we got some newer varieties of stuff in. I thought it'd be really cool to kind of showcase. Um, one of the first ones is, is called Illyria, or otherwise known as Daisy Bush. Oh. It's actually from Australia. Okay. A lot of plants come out of Australia. That work you well don't here. say, mate. I'm trying to come up no, with my Aussie do. accent. I don't have one. You don't, thank heavens. <laughs> <laughs> but it, Alaria's is, um, it's going to get about, it'll get a little bit bigger, probably five by five, maybe six, kind yeah. of unproven here. So we'll have to wait and see. It could yeah. make a really great screen. It's actually an evergreen shrub. Uh, that will produce flowers. So it blooms from late spring through summer and yeah. it, it produces kind of a cloud of white little daisy like yeah. flowers. Yeah. So it actually looks really interesting. And I think it could be a great um, replacement maybe for all the fatinia that's planted. Oh, yeah. Here. Oh, my God. Six foot head high. It's a good screen. Yeah. Evergreen mm -hmm. and blooms. Right. That's pretty much magic. Uh -huh. And from Oz, Australia, you know it's going to be drought hardy because they're. That country is inventing the new water har mm -hmm. harvesting, water irrigation, plant, drought hardy, zero scape. They're right. creating this because mm -hmm. they're desperate for water. Right. So it has kind of the foliage is kind of a, like a silvery cast okay. to it. Uh, very, very pretty. I'm excited to try one. I think we should we should we put got, one we in. Got a space right in front yeah. of the purple leaf plum or purple uh, uh, smoke bush. Oh, yeah. Down the lower part of the landscape. Sure. 
Yeah. So, and then in front of that with the silver, mm -hmm. ooh, yeah, that would be really pretty. So I thought we would definitely try one of those yeah. out there. Uh, another new one that we got in is called Summertime Blues. It's a Vitex or Chase tree. Yeah. And this is a smaller one. So it's about five foot by four foot. Okay. So a little bit different uh, size. Most of the normal one gets about 10, 12 feet. Yeah, easily. maybe taller. It's a big mm -hmm. boy. It's it's overpowers a lot of landscapes. Right. So to have a smaller version would be perfect. Well, I noticed the foliage was a little it's bit different, thicker. Yeah. Isn't it? It's, it's got neat. a wider leaf to it's it. It's actually. elegant actually. It does. It does. So it looks I they're about ready to bloom. I'm anxious for them to bloom and see what they look like. But I think they'll be a really pretty addition. Yeah, same blue flower. smaller yards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Yeah, definitely. And I'll show you what I brought. This is where the uh, folks tuned into the podcast or the vlog get to see uh, the plant. We'll try to describe this for you on the air, <laughs> the traditional terrestrial airwaves. So this is a Tempo Rose GM. Cool. So uh, most of the GMs I'm used to seeing have that real orange or sometimes a real red yeah. flower to them. So this one is definitely more pink with touches of cream. Here, I'll just, the camera. Just, just very, kind of, very pretty. There you go. Can, you, can we see that? Here we go. That I is, think it's This gorgeous. is a perennial. Yes. So it comes back. You plant it once. Mm -hmm. comes back year after year. How tall does this thing get? Does it mature? Uh, I know. I think it gets around 20 to 24 inches gotcha. with Knee the high. width. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and it, uh, probably 15 to 18 inches wide. Likes a little bit shadier Eastern exposure out in the yard, but just really pretty. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So that's the new GM that came in. I'll give this we back to you so oh. I don't have to hold it. So I can hold the oh, next okay. one. I'll be your Vanna. <laughs> So this one is Aromatico Blue Lavender. Mm -hmm. So very, very pretty. And it definitely is more blue than purple, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I would call it lavender. <laughs> but I'm a man. God only gave me seven crayons. I don't have the 64 that he gave the gals listening right. to in. Well, it definitely has more of a blue hue to it than a than a purple lavender. Smells like hue. lavender. Smells like lavender. Going to get... Most the same size as most of your lavenders, yeah. probably two by two, yeah. somewhere in there. Um, lavenders are great animal resistant plants, yeah. and they're great sun drought hardy plants. So yeah. when you have those hot spots in your yard where just nothing else really grows, a lavender will go in there nicely. Prescott Frontier Rotary had a golf tournament out at Prescott Lakes. We raised a lot of good money for for the cause for the kids, mm -hmm. uh, schools and stuff, and they have some of these that are spectacular going into the clubhouses. Oh, they're, yeah. they're two oh. by probably three three yeah. wide. They're, they're magnificent. Mm -hmm. So bees are on them, pollinators, butterflies. Great Hardy, hardy plant. Make sure it yeah. drains and it will grow. So very, very pretty. Smells, Smells like lavender. Relaxed. Every yard should have a lavender and a rosemary, I think. They're both so oh, good. So this one, so this is Agara. So this is the Cupid's Arrow Gara. It stays smaller. So it's about 10 inches tall by maybe 12 to 18 inches wide. Oh, neat. Okay. So a shorter uh, Gara. Most of your Garas tend to get a little bigger, send up those big fronds. Yeah, they could be almost hip high. Mm -hmm. They're really big. Yeah. So. so this one, great for fitting in those raised beds or smaller areas in the front. Right. Yeah. Right. In a container, be beautiful. And perennial. So it'll come oh, back definitely. here. And I'm sure this Gara is like all the others. Hummingbirds love, love Gara. Yeah. Does it, does it have a common name, Gara? Is it just Gara? Gara. Gara. Such Gara an unusual Gara, perennial. But there's different yeah. varieties yeah. of Gara. So this one's Cupid's Arrow. Yeah. Very cute name. Well, I know you got a whole bunch more down there, but I think. Are we out of time? We burned through 10 minutes of. <laughs> 
Kenalisa <laughs> Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Tune in. Got to pay for a few bills by going to commercial. We'll be right back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants for July are maple, verbena, crepe myrtle, and rose of Sharon hibiscus. Rose of Sharon is a mountain-hardy hibiscus with anemone-like blooms. Each stem of this hardy hibiscus is packed with buds. She makes a beautiful informal hedge or screen and is easily trained into small trees. Available Prescott colors show in blue, purple, white, red, and pink for years of enjoyment. You'll find breathtaking hibiscus here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Some things are just better together. July is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, thanks Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together and only at Waters Garden Center. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So there's a, a lot of plants here in this transition, this central highlands area, I would say Payson, uh, uh, Kingman, Prescott Valley, Dewey, Humboldt, Cordes Junction, Prescott, this this central highlands at 4,500, maybe 4,000 to 6,000 foot level. You folks up in the White Mountains, I know you're tuned in, I know you, catch, you get a lot of info out of it, but uh, th- th- we have more choices. <laughs> we, we have more plant choices here because it's milder. Yes, we have winter, but it's a mild winter. Yes, we get some summer, a little hotter than Flagstaff. I know you guys are rocking it right now. Love going up there. Rather go to Flagstaff than down to Phoenix right now uh, to go shopping or, or day event. Or I, I love going to Cottonwood. Catch a downtown Cottonwood. You all have done magnificent with that new downtown. It's fun. Jerome. So we'd rather stay up here in the mountains where it's cool than go down to Phoenix. But anyway... Uh, the plant choices are tremendous here, and there's lots of mountain natives. I call them Western natives. A lot of them are truly, they're in our back door. You'll walk through the, through the forest and find these plants. But I thought I'd mention a few of my favorites that are just really looking good. And what you'll find is your native plants, or zeroscape, or mountain desert plants. We've, we, we define them as mountain desert, but really, that's yuccas, agaves, or century plant, that's one that's growing like a foot a day right now. Gets up like 10, 15 feet tall. Big flower on top. Uh, that's that's a century plant or agave. We've got several varieties here at the garden center. Of course, cacti, prickly pears, choyas. These are all things you think of, but there's so many more choices. Most of the plants we have, not most, I'd say over half of the plants we have at the garden center right now are western natives but some of them they may not look like it so sumacs sumacs grow wild throughout all elevations here in the mountains of arizona sumacs have this fine leafed kind of serrated leaf to it some of them get tall so like the staghorn sumac 
I use those kind of like a palm tree behind my pond. It doesn't look like a palm, but it has that frond kind of look to it. Very interesting bark to it. It's light and airy. It's got great fall color and hardy. You cannot kill this thing. I haven't watered mine in years. There's a ground cover uh, sumac called uh, Grow Low Sumac. It is the best at erosion control. Put on a hillside, big aggressive root goes sideways, holds the hills in place. But it grows about knee high. Animals do not like sumac. They don't like the taste. Actually, I think there might even be slightly poisonous or toxin. Kind of makes you throw up if you eat it. So, and animals, they don't like that. But great fall orange, bright oranges, bright red colors, hardy as can be. Water them for the first year, get them rooted out. Don't need any care after that. Virtually no pruning. So just a great native for the mountains of, of Arizona. There's some native privets. I like the one I really like that I use instead of red leaf photinia, which is a high maintenance, high water, high care, kind of a pain to grow plant. It's short lived, dies out in the middle. Why plant that when you can go with a native? Eliagnus or silverberry. It's a far better choice. Still an evergreen, big evergreen, like big leaf, like a, like a red tip photinia. It's got a typically a gold edge to it, or it's a blue variety. So both are good. They get up about head high, hit kind of as far as you can hold your hands out, that wide, thick around, thick, evergreen. Water it till it for the first year, let it get established, cut it off of all care. It takes far less pruning, far less water, far, and it looks really good truly a native and the thing with natives animals are trained don't eat this you're going to have a your throat's going to itch you're going to need to get a drink of water you know the pond the stock tanks you two miles that way you don't really want to eat me uh, so they're, they're, they've trained the local javelina deer rabbits not to eat them because they're natives great great choice so a lot of the flowers right now the perennials Many of the perennials, the flowering things, they come back year after year. They are tough, really tough. So this year I fell in love with euphorbia, rainbow ascot euphorbia. It's an evergreen perennial. Gets about knee high. Maybe I've got some really old ones that are maybe 30 inches, but really about 24 inches tall. And just bright gold, funky flower, evergreen. Animals don't bother them tough plant really happy with it just looks pretty all by itself there's so carnations lavender rosemaries red hot poker this is one that it grows up uh, about i don't know hip high or so maybe just shy of that and it's this this big flower that looks like a poker that's been in a fire for a while we call it red hot poker there's a new series a popsicle series that's dwarfed it only gets up about knee high instead of hip high so now it's cuter now you can have them in courtyards and bowls you have them on those raised beds or along the driveway uh, walkways in that, that that flower bed that's only three feet deep you can put them in there without them taking over but it still has that same bright orange red and yellow flower to it great very super hardy drought hardy tough plant and again animals don't they've trained the animals don't eat me you're not going to like it. I know I'm pretty, but you won't. You're going to have a tummy ache if you hit if you eat me. Another one that I grow a lot of is yarrow. You'll see a lot of. It's a silver perennial, kind of a ground cover with yellow flowers. But there's so many more choices. You've got uh, reds, uh, 
You've got paprikas. Uh, a new variety called Desert Eve. It's a yellow with a with a with an orange hue to it. Very pretty. Animals don't eat it. Drought hardy, reseeds by itself, and this is the time of year that you'll find them at the garden center. You don't see them early, early in spring with the main planting season. You see them now. This is when the the native stuff they come, they typically wake up a little later. They need the soil to be warmer. And they start to bloom a little later. So these most natives bloom, the drought-hardy stuff, from summer through fall. That's when you're going to see the most variety. Of course, the number one seller of all time, I can't keep enough of them in stock, any color, Salvia gregii or autumn sage. This is a deciduous shrub. It's maybe knee-high, kind of ball-shaped. has this cute little flower to it. looks like an orchid or something. But hummingbirds love them. We've got them in purples and reds and whites and oranges and yellows. Got them in a lot of different colors because they're just so tough. Anytime you hear the word sage or salvia in a name, you know it's going to be good for the mountains of Arizona. That sage flavor, that, that scent to it. Animals don't like herbal flavors. I know you and I do. Love rosemary, love lavender, love oregano and thyme. Animals don't like that. I don't know why you think they would. They're edible. You and I eat them, but animals don't. And so you know that if you get into your lavenders and rosemaries and cat mints and salvias and sages, you, that's probably a good plant for you. And a lot. And there's a lot of choices, lots of things to look at. So you can plant now. You can plant more native stuff now than you could ever find any other time. And we don't... We don't, we don't actually have a native section here at the garden center. We just specialize in local plants that grow really well. And we just mix them in with our perennials. They're in full bloom, like echinacea uh, or coneflower. Lots of colors. It naturalizes by itself. Birds love them. They just spread. They're like a wildflower spread throughout the yard. But we don't say, them. this is a native. You want this one? We just go, this is pretty. It grows really well here. You want this one? So we do it that way, and it's, it's less confusing for folks. Some of the Xeroscape native folks, man, they're, they're smarter than I am. I can't, I can't keep up. They're using Latin names. I'm just going, I just wanted a pretty flower that's butterflies-like, kind of that, ant, that rabbits won't eat. Can I have that? And so Gallardia is perfect. There's a lot of choices right now. Shrubs, uh, trees. Let's touch on trees for a run out of time. Chased tree, desert willows, pinyon pines. I think ornamental pear. You folks in the Midwest aren't going to believe me because you, you're used to ice storms tearing that plant up. But ornamental pear, flowering pear, white flowers in spring, glossy, waxy leaf right now, which makes it really hardy. The last tree to turn red in the fall of the year, it acts robust. It's just really deep-rooted. It just takes our climate really well. Locusts, birch, they're all great trees for the mountains of Arizona. Arizona so... Lots of desert mountain plants you can plant now that'll adapt and grow for decades to come. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, verbena, and crepe myrtle. Crepe myrtle flowers are intense watermelon pink, solar reds, and LED whites that cover this heat-loving shrub. 
plant where you enjoy its beautiful multicolored bark and sinuous branches up close. The flowers show against forest green foliage that turns red and orange in autumn. Growing to just head height, every yard has room for at least one and only available for summer planting here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. As going over the the mountain hardy, the desert varieties of plants, those that you can start planting, get them rooted, and then let them go by themselves, or, or just far less water and nutrients and care than, than other plants. I mean, lilacs, butterfly bush, they're low care as long as you let them grow to their natural sizes. Otherwise, you need to spend you know at least once a year pruning them back. But I did create a list of, of Yavapai-friendly plants. And I broke down the plant list. It's, it's several pages long. I broke down the plant list into the most hardy, really hardy, and then eh, they're prettier, take a little bit more care, but they're really hardy. Three Kind of broke it down into three lists. Uh, from, from hardcore natives, like Russian sage. It's not a native, but it thinks it does. That's another one. Russian sage is not meant to live forever. It's meant to live for about seven years, and then it just gets ugly and needs to be replaced. If you've got some ugly things in your yard, I'm giving you permission. Please dig that it's, it's, it, dig that ugly thing up. You, for 20, 30 bucks, you can have a brand new one that'll take you for another seven years. What is that? Like three bucks a year for, for this beautiful new plant? If it's starting to spread and sucker and seed everywhere, it's time for that thing to go. And Russian sage are one of those. R- roses. Roses really look best their first 10 years or so, and then they just get, they get mean. They stop blooming. They lose their vitality. They just stop performing. They get big trunks to them. They just don't do as well. Young, vibrant roses do better. They bloom better. They're just like people. Young, they're like up to about age 35. Man, they're just rock stars. They're beautiful. And then they start to not look as young and pretty as maybe they did when they were in their 20s. Roses are the same way. They look better when they're younger than than older. For 40 bucks, you can have a brand new, beautiful, latest introduction that'll bloom in your yard for the next 10 years. It's okay. They're not puppy dogs you're digging up out of the yard. These things are they're just plants. We live in America, the greatest country that's ever existed on the planet ever. And we got wealth abounding. Don't try to nurse this ugly dog. <laughs> Dig it up, throw the trash can and plant a new one. It's okay. So I do I don't I think we should replace about 10% of our yard every year. 10% of the landscape. So We've always got new, fresh things looking good in the landscape. Anyway, I don't know where I went off on that one, but uh, the, I put together this Yavapai-friendly plant list. I'll post that to our Facebook page. That's the easiest place. You can put a link in there. Look for that. If you're a Facebooker, you'll be giddy. 
It'll be at the top of Waters Garden Center's Facebook page. Just look for the Yavapai friendly list. I can't really post it easily to Instagram. TikTok, it doesn't work. Website, if you go to our website, this watersgardencenter.com, and there's a search bar in the upper right-hand corner. If you just type in Yavapai friendly plant list, it'll pop right up for you. So that website is, is an encyclopedia of local garden tips. So it's there's a lot in there. It's hard to find things sometimes, but that's why we put the search bar. I think that'll be a game changer. If that's if that topic interests you at all, that's a list. It's just a list. Doesn't describe it. Just says here's the botanical. Here's a common name. Here's how it grows. It's a it's a hip high shrub that's evergreen. Here's the top ten. We just break it. Here's the trees. Here's the perennials. Here are the annuals. Here are the grasses. It breaks down that list so it's easier for you to kind of search. And if you want more info, you can go to top10plants.com. That's our web store. So all things that show up here at the garden center show up in that web store. So it's it's not really meant to, to be shipped anywhere. It's just so locals can take a look and research plants here in the, local, the central highlands area, the mountains of Arizona, and easily research plants. Tells you the size, how they grow here, and actually has price and size that you'll see here. At the, you can buy it there and pick it up but it's meant there to be a resource to make your gardening more successful. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Until next week, come visit. We love talking to fans. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to the Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. The place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.